Iowa Theme Park Podcast, number seven, Lost Island Predictions. It's time for the Iowa Theme Park Podcast with your hosts, Nick McMahon, Jack Salisbury, and Eden Mullen. In this episode, we will discuss our predictions for future things to come at Lost Island Theme Park. Welcome, everybody. This is episode seven. Yeah, it's episode seven. Today, we're going to be talking about Lost Island, uh, the first Lost Island episode that we've done so far. It's the Iowa Theme Park podcast, not the Adventureland podcast. We're just going to be talking about a little bit of the predictions that we have for the park, kind of like we did last week, uh, the last episode for Adventureland. Uh, Eden, if you'd like to kick us off. Well, <laughs> thanks for slamming that one on me. Uh, I've been looking through some of possible models for expansion, should they have a successful first few years. And I don't think they're going to be that big of expansions because Lost Island isn't big as it is. It might take a while for it to really start to prosper. Honestly, what I'd expect is something small or something compact, uh, something along the lines of a um, an RMC Raptor or even a small Eurofighter, if need be. Yeah, I think that something small and compact is probably a safe bet for just about any park. But just to have Monster there so close which is an elite infinity coaster. Obviously, it's not a Eurofighter, but still just to have the same kind of coaster by the same manufacturer so close, I don't really see them doing that. I can see us getting something like a, uh, a something from Gerslauer. I mean, it would be nice, but kind of like you said, Jack, it's a little bit too close, definitely for an infinity, but I would like to see something from SNS or like you can say from... Uh, rmc you know some kind of a ground up rmc i'd love to see something from sns you know what i don't know it's, it's hard to say because they're just starting out as a part so you know obviously they've got to make some money uh before they start adding a lot of attractions but you know if they play their cards right they could definitely have themselves competing with adventureland palace entertainment you know they're starting out small but you know, if we can't get our SNS access at Adventureland, we might as well get it at Lost Island. Something I've been looking through as well is I don't think that the next thing could even be a roller coaster if they have such incredible theming upwards of like Silver Dollar City and Dollywood is their main competitor theming wise. I could see something like Poseidon's Fury at Universal Studios, a whole themed experience walkthrough with actors and thematic elements without the use of an actual wide vehicle or thrills of a ride more of an experience i think lost island could definitely tap into that a lot more than say adventureland could and it's definitely a market that is needed around here i think i've seen in a few uh, different spots all across the internet on different sites that lost island is very proud of their theming and their ability to make things look good and just to be able to stand out in the industry in America, especially as a park that has good theming. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, Jack, there's a lot of stuff going on the internet all over 
about how, you know, they're one of the first, well, not first, but one of the few privately owned parks that's really knocking the theming out of the park. It's interesting to see, rare to see. I, I think they have a lot of opportunities. I think from what I've seen, they could use some more like thrilling flat rides, like some major thrills, but they could use, we could all use some more coasters, right? I think that just for a park starting out, they already have an incredible lineup. I mean, this, it almost looks like with an inverted coaster, a launch coaster, a small kitty coaster, they already have a lot of the like, foundational coasters knocked out i mean every park when you kind of look at the industry every park has all the developed parks have uh like a launch coaster an inverted coaster a wooden coaster i don't know like like a beyond vertical coaster i don't know just like four or five main ones and then beyond that they start working on uh, kind of like the gadget coasters. Then that's what B and M is all about: the dive coaster, the flying coaster, and they were like the free spin by SNS. Yeah, and the thing is, though, you know, they're they're doing a really good job of not only the theming and everything else, but also because they have Lost Island Water Park, so they've been somewhat in the industry. Is they're doing a good job of creating rides for everyone, which is really important. Uh, rides for all kinds of families, you know. Uh, kids of all ages families of all ages that's really important that they start out right by doing that because they need to cater to not just coaster enthusiasts not just flat ride enthusiasts they they need to cater to everybody and i think they're doing an extremely good job of that uh, by having the variety that they're starting out with having a log flume right away Um, as unpopular as those are to some people eden um they they do bring people to parks um simple as that the real question is what kind of pricing are we going to see they've been pretty quiet about are there going to be season passes can you get both parks for the price of one like you can adventureland uh they've been pretty quiet on that and a lot of people uh you know on our fan page lost island fans iowa have been wondering you know what what's the pricing going to be like what's the season pass options going to be like we just we don't know those answers yet it'll be interesting to see how they move forward with expansion with Adventureland having been bought by palace uh, and just how much more money Adventureland has it'll be interesting to see if lost island is willing to match that and match the investments that palace make and even if we see palace's uh, investment of, of Adventureland drop off do we see lost island 10 years down the road overtake the midwestern market there the Iowan market for theme parks. And then even beyond that is Cedar fair kind of keeps up their model of not investing in Michigan's adventure or uh, worlds of fun or Valley fair. Do we see lost Island become the park above, above all of those too? That's a hard one. Cause I think palace has a really big plans for Adventureland, but I don't think anybody at least in the Midwest is going to be able to top lost islands theming anytime soon you know i mean palace might put a lot of money into adventureland but it's gonna take a lot more if they want to do a theming and i don't think i honestly don't think anybody's gonna be able to top lost islands theming anytime soon i mean really that's gonna be one thing that they really have a competitive edge on compare say 
Volcano to the the new Lost Island uh, dark ride by Sully dark rides to say Underground at Adventureland the two completely different rides because Volcano you can tell by what the park has shown there a lot more it's so much better themed than say <laughs> what what is happening with the Underground and I think that'll draw a lot more people towards Lost Island and if they can keep that up I think they will have a good competitive edge even with Palace acquiring Adventureland. But my question is, are they going to go and fight Adventureland or are they going to try and complement Adventureland to try and get, you know, are they going to try and pull guests away from Adventureland into Lost Island or are they trying to pull guests to both parks at the same time? The two different business models that seemed very different. I think they're both going to coexist well. I think there's enough tourism in the state of Iowa for both to exist and for both of them to perform well, you know, especially with them. I understand they're only like two and a half hours away from each other, but you have to look at folks like myself who live in Omaha. That's a four hour drive for us. We're probably going to be keen to go to Adventureland more just because it's an easy place to go do a day trip. If we want a day trip to uh, Lost Island, you know, it's four hours one way we'd have to stay in a hotel where we can drive up early in the morning to Adventureland and drive back the same day. And kind of conversely to that, to get from like Minneapolis to Adventureland, that's a three hour drive, four hour drive. But to get to Lost Island, that's maybe a two hour drive, two and a half hours ish. I can look that up probably, but just, I mean, it makes a better market for people up there that are sick of worlds of fun or sick of Valley fair. Yeah. Well, and you know, you got to look to Adventureland when they opened up their water park. Lost Island had already been operating. They both have been able to coexist for a period of time. When we go to Adventureland, the water park is always swamped. So I, I don't really see, I, I just don't really see that they wouldn't be able to compete and be successful, both of them be successful uh, because there's far enough spread far enough apart where I think they'll be able to compete fine. This might be a stretch, but seeing as how Lost Island is not uh, around a big metropolitan area to the size that that Adventureland is, and I know it is surrounded by uh, quite a bit, but not as much uh, since Adventureland is only about 20 minutes from downtown Des Moines. But I think, again, this is a stretch. We could see something along the lines of how Disneyland is compared to Walt Disney World and where Disneyland is more catered to the locals while still being able to have that worldwide popularity, uh, whereas Walt Disney World caters to much more out-of-state, out-of-country guests. I could see a relationship like that existing between Adventureland and Lost Island, where Lost Island caters more to the locals and Adventureland caters more to the out-of-state guests. Well, I think really a lot of Adventureland's guest count, or I, I guess more season pass holder count, is locals from interactions on their fan page. It seems like a lot of the folks on there are locals. I understand that's a small sampling of their usual guest count, but I wouldn't consider myself a local, but we live close enough to where a season pass is justifiable. It's not a nine hour drive for us, but um, it's a worthwhile investment for us. I'm not quite sure how Adventureland compares to Lost Island in that sense as of now, but I do know working at Adventureland the amount of people I've met that were from out of state and even out of country, although rare, um, does happen quite a bit. 
Um, I've got a group from Germany uh, that had came in for the Monster Coast Enthusiast group. I've had guests from Florida, Ohio, California asking about um, how the uh, skip the line passes work, which there is none. I had to explain that this is Iowa. We don't really have those. It, it all depends on if those people see Lost Island the same way they see Adventureland or even to a higher degree. Uh, I'm not quite sure how that how that'll go, but depending on how Lost Island plays its cards, it could definitely pull some of them towards itself. I think kind of circling back to how Lost Island's theming will help attract people. If you look at some of Cedar Fair's newer rides, like we'll say Orion, the area looks nice, but it doesn't really have a theme in the announcement video they said that there was a theme to it but when you're there you really can't tell it's like it's a training mission for space or something i have no clue eventually has also not really done a whole lot recently for theming except for dragon slayer which they've kind of started they've said they've kind of started to like ramp up their theming or whatever i don't know they made it look nice which is good enough for me uh, but neither of those really compare to what uh, Lost Island is doing. Well, I guess, you know, with Lost Island open up this year, we'll just have to kind of give it the old wait-and-see approach, you know. They've been pretty quiet about things, but I think I think as the opening date gets closer and closer that they will will probably release more and we'll know more about what's to come. I guess the real thing is, is that we just have to, you know, get there and see. Does anybody have anything else to say? Any closing thoughts before Nick shuts it off for us? SNS Axis. Dueling air launch SNS Axis hyper. Now that with, I could get on board with. With 15 inversions. That sounds like a whole lot of fun. Anyways. For everybody tuning in for the first time, maybe you're um, an enthusiast uh, that's really been kind of keeping an eye on Lost Island and what they've been doing. Uh, we definitely want you to come and find our Facebook page, Lost Island Fans, Iowa. And you can also join our Iowa Theme Parks Enthusiast Facebook page. We're on TikTok now. Uh, all kinds of great content coming. Come check us out and just stay tuned for what's to come. Thank you for tuning in to the Iowa Theme Park Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for updates on future episodes about Iowa's theme parks. We are also now featured on TikTok. Comment and let us know what you would like to hear on future episodes.